Hey listener, this podcast is called Trigger Warning Romance for a reason. It is intended for an 18 plus audience due to the adult context and triggers that may be discussed in each episode. Please check the show notes for a full list of triggers and proceed with caution. You have been properly warned. It's time to count off the triggers. Hello, and welcome to Trigger Warning Romance, everybody. I'm Nat. I'm Tori. And welcome to the final book of the... Is it... Capture Me me Trilogy? Trilogy. That's the words. (laughs) Capture Me Trilogy by Anna Zares. This is Claim Me. And, like, I was just telling Tori when um, I was looking for my show notes, we both have the Omnibus book on Kindle where it's all three books in one so i was trying to find the claim me section and i was like oh i know i'll just control f and i'll find and i'll search for the word claim that is a bad idea <laughs> there's so <laughs> many <laughs> i feel like every other word is claim i did find it though but it was really funny and i thought it would be fun to note on our podcast i was very surprised that my notes all came out I have all of my notes for Claim Me because where there's three books worth of notes, I expected it to cut off. Me too. I think I have all of mine as well. So it's looking good for us. This is a promising start to our episode. (laughs) Yes, but we're both slap happy. So buckle in because who knows what's going to (laughs) happen. I just lost my... There is... I just lost my section. Um, so, how did you like this book? You um, had some reservations going in because you really wanted to go read that Addison Kane book. Yeah, that Addison Kane book. I I am looking forward to diving into that. Um, yeah, but claim me caught my attention, and it hooked me. And once it hooked me, I was I was good to go. I'm glad. I loved this book so much. Uh, I think book two was still my favorite book out of the three. Not that, again, not that this book was bad or the first was bad, but just I think the second one was my favorite because it just had so much smut in it. But this one was a close runner-up. They did a lot of stuff in this book. Yeah. And Lucas's jealous possessiveness was amplified by threefold. Would you not agree with me? It was incredible. Yeah. It was so good. I mean, absolutely incredible. So hot. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, we have to, we remember, I hope you guys listened to the last two episodes. If you just started with this one, what are you doing? Go back. But we started off this book with him getting that phone call saying that she escaped. (laughs) And just the way he handled it was amazing. Like, he almost crushed his phone in his giant, giant manly hand. (laughs) He almost crushed it. I got to tell you, if I were in charge of Julia, 
and she escaped. I am not sure that I would have called Lucas on his two-week trip to Chicago where he can do nothing about it. I think that I would have spent those two weeks searching for her. Oh, I would. With the hope that I would have found her so I wouldn't have to tell him that she escaped. Because you know that that, that's not going to go over well. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm not I'm not doing either of those things. If I was in charge of her and she somehow escaped, I'm escaping. I'm going <laughs> bye-bye. <laughs> when Lucas comes back, there will be no trace of me. Great, so he thinks you ran off with this woman. That'll go oh, over well. Oh, I, I did not think of that. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> Sorry. Oh my God, my cheeks hurt. <laughs> but they did, uh, Eduardo and Diego did own up to fucking up, as they say, because he was just that like deadly silence of where he was like, Did you just say that you were playing poker when you were supposed to be working? Um, yeah. But I mean, they tried to find her and they that that was a really fun kind of sequence of events where we, we saw them going back and forth between Lucas, Diego and Yulia. Where it's like Lucas is like, do this, this and this. And then Diego and um, Eduardo are like working with the local police. They're putting up police blockades and she's like living out this fear right of being caught because this is her one chance and she knows it i loved how she treated lucas as a worthy opponent mm -hmm. um because as she's as she's escaping she's thinking back to lucas's i'll miss you and then she goes through, there were, there were other things he said to hurtful things. Yet when he took me that night, there hadn't been anger in his touch. Lust, yes. Insane possessiveness, definitely. But not anger. At least not the kind of anger I would have expected from a man who hates me enough to let my only family be murdered. And that I'll miss you the following morning. It just didn't fit. None of it fit, unless that's how Lucas wanted it. Maybe he wasn't done mind-fucking me yet. Yeah. And I loved that she thought that was a possibility. Because when oh. you think of torture, you always think of the physical. But this whole thing is a mind-fuck for her, too. Yeah. I mean, she's always treated it, since she figured out kind of like that he's not going to torture her physically, uh, besides with lots of orgasms um that that he, she was like oh he's playing he's playing the long game with the mind fuck like she always thought that's what he was doing right um, and even later in the book she still thinks he's doing it for like until the very end when because remember he won't tell her he loves her uh at some point he does get managed to get out of her that she loves him Right. And remember, like he, he obsessed on that and he was really excited about it, but he never said it to her until the very, very end. So 
this whole time she still thinks she's just a sex toy to him because all she has to go on is that she's a good lady quote unquote right like that's all she thinks of I know and it made me want to throttle him Mm -hmm. I was like for god's sake man tell her yeah because it was obvious to us as the reader how much he cared for her yeah I mean even of course we're gonna bounce around because we never we never go in order but even when he was having that conversation with um with Julian right at the end they had that standoff of where Lucas figured like he's like we can't stay here we cannot stay on this property because eventually it's we're gonna come to blows over this um it's time for us to leave and Julian says to him can't you just find another pretty brunette, uh, pretty blonde to fuck? And he says to him, could you find another pretty blue brunette? And he's like, oh, is that what it's like? Is that how it is? He's like, yeah, that's how it is. You know, she's my everything. So he's telling this to Julian, but the dum-dum won't tell it to Yulia. Yeah. So. <laughs> your boss is not supposed to find out before you're a woman. No, that is an unspoken rule that just is so obvious. You shouldn't even need to say it. I also have an unspoken rule. I don't know if you're like this, but I never say it first. I never say it first. I always have. Well, I've had like two significant others, but um, I always my my rule is I will never be that vulnerable first. <laughs> and that that's on me, but. I, there have been times when I've said it first and there have been times when I have not. Okay. Um, it depends on the situation for me and how okay. vulnerable I'm comfortable with being with that person. Yeah. Um, when did, is, is this going to be a, let's have a heart to heart. When did you know that you loved Mr. Klein? And did he say it first to you? My God, it's been so long. I don't remember. Oh, you're a bad partner. <laughs> I am. Um, but I guarantee you, he doesn't remember either. So yeah, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, if I had to guess, I would say that I said it first. And... I knew I loved him. I had I was I had absolute proof that I loved him when I was ready to move to Western New York. There you go. <laughs> um because moving from small town USA, small town southern USA, yeah, to Western New York was quite the culture shock. And it took a lot for me to be willing to leave my mountains. So when I was ready to make the decision to move, I knew without a doubt that I loved him. Aww. What about you with Mr. Savage? Um, I knew I loved him probably, honestly, it was probably about like three months in. Um, I did not tell him. But 
um we saw each other almost we had like a schedule we saw each other almost every other day um hang on just a second and why are you what hang on mm -hmm. technical difficulties no worries Damn, my cat is stupid. <sighs> he got tangled in the cord for the um, mixer. Oh, no. But I couldn't figure out why my mixer box was moving. And it was ready to <laughs> fall off the table. And I kept pulling it and it didn't work. The cat had it wrapped around him. I don't know how <laughs> that happened. Silly kitty cat. <laughs> Silly kitty cat that's been in trouble all morning. Ooh, bad kitty cat. Bad kitty cat. My uh, almost 17 pound cat has been jumping on my elderly five and a half pound cat with a broken leg. Poor kitty, no. And he even did the sneak attack where he snuck around me to go behind to pounce on her. I was Damn. like, dude, you've never been this smart in all the eight years I've known you. How did you learn that <laughs> that tactic? Oh, it's funny. But anyway, <clears throat> it was about three months in and you hadn't said it first. I hadn't. Um, and we saw each other almost every day and we were just laying there. Okay. Also, side note, Mr. Savage is not trying to get in my pants until about three months in. And I was very confused because um, I've never, that's never happened to me before. <laughs> Uh, and so we were, uh, it was after we had already been intimate at that point, but I just remember, I'll never forget this moment. We were laying in his bedroom, just cuddling. And he said to me, when I'm with you, all the other bullshit fades away. And that like really resonated with me because I was like, yes, every time we're together, I honestly don't think of anything else. Like all the other things happening in my life, like don't matter. I'm just hanging out with this person I really like and I'm invested and like nothing else matters. And I was like, I think that's what love is. So that's when I really thought of it. I didn't, again, I didn't say it. Um, he said it at first, but it was like right around that time, probably about three-ish months in. Three, three to three and a half months. I don't remember. Anyway, it was cute. I, I probably told Mr. Klein before I moved. I mean, we, mm. we were together for a year and a half long distance before the move. So I'm sure that, that it happened earlier. Yeah. But that was just the, the concrete proof that told me out what I was doing was right. Aww. yeah that's nice um long distance is hard so i think that if you guys survive long distance for that long like that's proof right there yeah long distance sucks yeah i was in a long distance uh before mr savage it did not work out obviously <laughs> i was in so. a long distance prior to mr klein and it also did not work out yeah um but it was a good relationship and he was a good man so Okay, cool. But anyway, let's go back to the book. <laughs> we should probably the book. So they tracked her down. No, they didn't track her down. Sorry. Well, I really got a kick out of 
um, Lucas with Rosa. Yes. But he was like, I don't want you coming around anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, I feel bad because, how did he say? I still feel bad that I had to squash her little crush on me. It's not Rosa's fault that my prisoner escaped, and I don't want to take out my shitty mood on the girl. Yes. However, can I ask, I'm, a, I'm hoping Anna's heirs listen to, the, to this episode. Anna's heirs, I want to be asking you a very direct question. Uh, when we get in Rosa's book, because you know her and that financial guy had something happening. Yeah. Um, yeah. Excuse me. Anna Zares, where is that book? <laughs> because I highlighted it. He smiles as he, I, and I see his gaze flick over to Rosa, who's still standing there seemingly mesmerized by the view outside. Your girlfriend, I presume? Winters says quietly. I blink, surprised by the personal question. No, I say, following him as he walks back to his office. More like my assignment for the next couple of hours. Ah, Winters doesn't say anything else. But as we enter his office, I see him glance back towards Rosa as if unable to help himself. Excuse me. I have that highlighted too. And my note was, hmm, isn't that interesting? Yes, you know, as romance readers, we clock those immediately as future <laughs> books. And I, all I'm going to have to say is that this book has been out for quite a few years and I still have not gotten as much of a novella or anything from this. And I need to know when that's coming because we know Rosa Rosa is a misguided kind of girl, young, dumb girl in this book and in this series. But she's a good person and she, and she had some trauma happen to her in this book. So we need... Justice for Rosa. Hashtag justice for Rosa. <laughs> Hashtag winters and Rosa do it. Okay. We need it. We need it. And um, I'm looking forward to that arc. Thank you very much. I am. I would very much like to see Rosa recovering from the trauma. Yes. Um, I Spoiler alert. I was a little disappointed that there wasn't some kind of come to Jesus meeting with her in regards to her um, interference that allowed Yulia to escape. Well, she did talk to Yulia at the end. Her no, and I mean, Yulia talked from Lucas. Oh, he was so mad. He was. He was and, ready to kill her. And nothing, he, he didn't do anything with it. And I understand that she had a lot happen in Chicago and she was pretty traumatized. But that doesn't mitigate the fact that she basically gave Rosa or gave Yulia the keys on how to get out. Yes, but she had Nora's protection at that point, remember? The reason nothing happened to her, both Lucas and Julian were ready to do some unspeakable things to her. 
torture her, whatever, because they thought maybe she was a spy for Ukraine or whatever. Um, so she was about to be tortured and she was crying. Remember, Lucas had mm-hmm. her like up against him and then she, he had the knife to her throat and like Julian was like up over her and they were about to do the things that they do to t- terrible, terrible people to her. When Nora happened to walk in and she was appalled and she was like, what are you doing? That's my friend. And then she took the blame. She said, I told her. I so know. at that point, Julian is not going to go against Nora. I know, know, but I wanted him to. Oh, well, too bad. That, too bad, see, so we, sad. We have established that I am the bloodthirsty one. <laughs> yes. And I wanted to see that. I was like, well, eventually they will come up. They will come out with the truth. The truth has to come out. Yeah. The truth no. didn't come out. No, Yulia Yula held her bargain because of multiple things. She did feel bad about lying to Lucas. But remember, Nora showed up at her house yeah, and pretty much told her, you tell him that I was behind this or I will let Julian flay every bit of skin off of your body. Yeah. Nora was badass and she told it, told it like it was to Yula. And I mean, honestly, Yula was like, what do I really have to lose? Like, I don't really care. Either way, Yula was like, I'm stuck here. I have the trackers at that point. Like, my situation is not changing whether or not I tell him. And plus, she may, she doesn't know. Technically speaking, Nora could have told Rosa. We There's no way that Yulia could have known for sure that Nora was covering up for yeah. Rosa. Because both of them did see her. And remember that very beginning, mm-hmm. back in book one, they both of them did see her through the window. So while Nora, while Yulia had a good idea, that Nora was just covering for Rosa she had no proof and again she had nothing to lose by telling Lucas that Nora was the one behind it yeah so um also I'm not as bloodthirsty and all I care about is getting my book where Rosa gets railed so yeah (laughs) we have different priorities yes we do Nat needs railing, and Tori needs bloodthirsty revenge. <laughs> uh, I had a friend of mine who I was giving some book recs to today, and she gave me a book rec, and she was like, "It's a really great book. It doesn't have any sex." But I'm like, "I'm like, I'm not reading it. I'm not reading it. It's not happening. I'm sorry." I when I read books now that I think might be, um. A candidate for us to read on the podcast. Mm. I gauge the smut. I take note of the percentage when it happens. So. And I gauge whether or not it will meet Nat's requirements for smut in a book before so I much. say, hey, let's read this. You're the best. <laughs> Um. Yeah, I like smut. I don't care. I'm not apologizing for it if it doesn't have sex in it, and I'm not required to read it for any specific reason. I'm not reading it. Sorry. I try really hard to give you 
to make suggestions that that has that. I won't yeah. always, but because sometimes books are just good. Um, yeah. But that's why we re- that's why we read the books before we announce we're going to do them. Yes, we learned, learned that, that lesson. lesson. <laughs> We've learned that lesson. We now read the book. At least one of us reads the book before we say that we're going to read it for the podcast. Because whether it's um, not smutty enough, or it's just not dark, or it's maybe not a good book, um, we're just uh, we're going to take some precautions. So if we're recommending it, we've already read it and we loved it. So the end. Well, nobody wants to hear us talk about books we didn't like. Yeah. And I don't want to talk about books uh, in a negative light either, because just because I didn't like it doesn't mean it's a bad book. But if I'm on here, you know, complaining about a book, I feel, you know, we have many listeners now who will probably not read that book because we said we didn't like it. And that's not fair to the author. So. Exactly. Yeah. You know, don't yuck somebody's yum. Exactly. No. Um, and I don't want to bash anybody. That's why I told you about when we were um, talking about uh, that Gemma Weir book that you didn't like the first book. Mm-hmm. Remember? And, and I said, Mountain Man book. Yeah. I was like, yeah, look, I agree. The first book wasn't the most well-written book but it was her debut book and if you go on to the next ones they're much better and much more um like better crafted but you know we got to give everybody a little grace it's your first book my first book isn't even written but i could tell you right now it's a hot mess um it's just not it's never gonna come out yeah anyway can we talk about this book because this book was hot okay what did you think about Kirill? Oh, man, I was so mad. I knew that he was alive, though, just because we needed to get, see that revenge happen, right? And I was like, I know that he's probably alive. I didn't, when I first read it, I didn't, I did not think that the UUR was still employing him. I thought maybe he had gotten away or something. Um, but it make again, Anazares is so smart because in order for us to get this happily ever after, the UUR have to become bad people, right? Right. They have to become bad people in order for Yulia to not want to be a part of that organization anymore in any capacity. And in order for them to almost get what they deserve by having Lucas and Julian obliterate their entire system. Network. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, how's that going to happen? Because they're just like another organization, you know, protecting their country. And then Kirill happened. And I was first, I was mad even before then because they got her out of the country. They brought her to the safe house in Ukraine. And then they pretty much treated her like a prisoner there. They interrogated her multiple times about They thought she was a double agent. Right. Like, they they treated her like complete garbage. Um, And so I was already mad at them there because they, again, they were horrible to her. Like, this is not how you treat an agent who just went through 
a Russian prison for you and then Escagara's estate, right? Where mm -hmm. she was, because he did, they asked her, did he rape you? And she was, she did kind of like, didn't answer that question. But for all intensive purposes, yes, he did. Because she was his prisoner and she had said no to him multiple times. Um, and then they got mad because she slipped and said this, like, you know, secret to, to him. It's like, uh, the reason she was in that situation is because of you multiple times. A, this trauma happened to her when she was 15, 16. I don't remember how old exactly. I think she was 15. I think she was 15. Yeah. Because she was still in training. By, and then she, yeah. went into, she went into active duty on, at 16. Yeah. So this happened to her on your watch. And then you didn't give her adequate therapy because she still suffered from all these PTSD things. Then she went to, to work for you where she was putting herself in the same kind of like position that you had just put her through. Like she was putting herself in a position where she could have been, um, you know, assaulted. But whatever. Let's just glaze over that. She gets captured, whatever. You don't get her out. Then she gets captured again. <laughs> Got captured twice. And you're mad at her for giving the secrets because somebody like pretty much raped her. That's fucked up. Yeah. They're horrible people. I'm glad they all died. I understand the need to make sure she wasn't a double agent. Yeah. I mean, logically as a, if I were in charge of a organization like the UUR, I would want to make sure that when she came back, she was of sound mind and that yeah. she was still on my side. But there are better ways to do that than treating her like they did. Yeah, they were horrible. And then they sent her to Turkey. like peace, and, and they wouldn't let her see her brother. Like the only thing this poor woman wanted was to just see her brother. This whole thing would have been avoided if they just let her see her brother. But if she saw her brother she would have recognized that he had become part of the UUR yeah, and that Obanka was lying. I know Obanka was a piece of shit, but I'm glad he died. I wish, I, I wish he died slower, but whatever. Yes. Uh, um, yeah. So how ironic though, that she had gotten tackled and captured because of her brother. She's, her brother was the one who noticed her outside the window and he's the one who caught up to her at that car yeah. and caught her. And she couldn't fight him because he was her brother. That, and also, um, Kirill, I think, was right behind him. So, like, he caught her and then Kirill was on top of her. But, oh, man, yeah, it was horrible. But I guess, again... Anna's smart and she she knew what she was doing because by sending her on that mission to Turkey we got to see her actively like want to leave this organization because she couldn't sleep with another man she couldn't yeah. do it so we needed to see her reject the organization before <laughs> Lucas destroyed it 
Well, and even even bef- even without the mission to Turkey, mm-hmm. which I admit that was important, but yeah. even disregarding that, she was ready to disavow them because of what they had done to her brother. Yes. I mean, yeah, that was the final straw. Mm-hmm. But she, remember, she before she knew what happened to her brother, she already left. She was ready to disappear before she saw her brother. Right. And before she knew what was going to happen. Because the only reason she followed Obenko was just to see her brother one more time before she, quote unquote, disappeared. Do you think she would have gone back to Lucas, though? Let's just say she um, succeeded and... I don't know, went to wherever, some other country, Australia or wherever she was going to go and lived there. Do you think she eventually would have went back to Lucas? I don't know. I think it would have been a thought. I think she would have at the very least considered it heavily. I think she would have went back. Maybe not like in a week or two, but like a year or in. I think yeah. she maybe a, I think maybe she went back. after some time. Hmm. But my God, could you imagine Lucas without her for a whole year? Well, I don't think that would have happened. He would have found her. I think he would have found her no matter what. Um, because he's Lucas and he's got the power of Julian and all of his like contacts. government and what like all yeah everything Con- context is the perfect word all of his contacts and all of his power and influence. Lucas has, right? So he would have found her I, no matter where she went. Um, it may have taken him a little longer, but he would have found her. The The re- only reason he found her was, like he said, a, kind of like a lucky guess. Yeah. That she happened to be in that specific holding place, in that specific, uh, like, training camp or wherever it was. Um but them not getting comfortable, um, Carol was horrible, but also very understandable because as horrible as it sounds, how many people do you think honestly just get us like a slap on the wrist, especially in like Eastern European countries where kind of like women's rights don't matter whatsoever. So like they said, he had a lot of, um educational that like he had a lot to bring to the organization he was too valuable to to fire let alone kill so they just transferred him so she never saw him again that would have been if they had told her that at the beginning i would not have been so irritated Mm. the fact that they lied to her that was what pissed me off and yes. I was so happy when she shot his cock. Oh my God, so fucking cool. When she went after his cock and balls, I was just like, oh yeah, you go girl. Yeah, I was so happy. So happy. Um, That whole, I knew you were going to love this book because like that whole action sec- sequence of Lucas bombing the place, him, him and... um. I think it was Eduardo and Diego like running in and like slaughtering everybody while she's fighting Kirill, actively fighting Kirill. Mm-hmm. So fucking cool. And then 
it was brilliant. Yeah, so good. And then her finding her brother and her brother and her, like, she's actively trying to, um, because she, again, she doesn't know what's happening. Like, she doesn't know that it's Lucas. She just thinks that the place is under attack by who knows who. And she has this gun that she took from Kirill. She doesn't know how many bullets are in there. She doesn't know anything. But she all she knows is she's going into mama bear mode and she's going to protect her little brother. She doesn't care that he is also an agent in training. Like to her, he's a three-year-old yeah. and she's going to protect him. And how funny was it when Lucas figured out who the hell Misha was? Oh my God. <laughs> oh. I, I really liked that they, that Misha and What's her name? Yulia. Yulia. That's it. <laughs> Our main character, you know, the one yeah. we've been talking about. <laughs> that Misha and Yulia did not have a happy reunion. At first, I mm. appreciated the conflict that they had because they had both been told, they had both been lied to by Obenko. Yeah. And I think that that was a more realistic version of events than if they had just met and run into each other's arms and oh my god I've missed you so much yeah yeah but I loved when Lucas runs in and he finds her and she just starts fighting him and he's like what the hell is happening I think the the quote was something like she's fighting like a mama bear is fighting for her cub and then he looks at Misha and he looks like a little bit um, like familiar to him. And she's like, oh, and then she's like, oh, is it like your cousin? Because remember, she said to him that she's an only child. Right. And he's like, who is he, your cousin? She blinks, my brother. Now it's my turn to take to be taken aback. You said you were an only child. I lied, she said. Then her forehead wrinkles in confusion. But you said you knew. When I asked you not to kill him, you said you knew. What did you mean? Why did you? I never thought he, I thought he was your lover, okay? <laughs> Anger at myself this time clips my words. It's so funny. That whole sequence was so funny. Because he was like, of course I'm not going to kill your brother. But of course she thought he was going to because he was so adamant about it. You know, he had to be a little, at least a little bit embarrassed. Oh, yeah. He was mad. He was mad at himself, like he said, multiple times. Because when eventually when they go back to Columbia and she's got the flu or whatever and he's taking care of her, um, he just keeps thinking back. And on the flight back, he just kept thinking back about how much of an idiot he was. Because if he had just let her ask the question, this whole thing could have been avoided. Yeah. But he wouldn't even hear of her talking about this Misha person. <laughs> and that's why we love Lucas. I also love how much of a psychopath he was. Because uh, back when he was in Chicago, and remember they they killed those the people, the, the mafia people over in Chicago. And um, Luke, uh, not Luke, Julian. <laughs> Julian was torturing this kid in a van and Lucas is standing outside and says 
I tune them out, letting Escaguera have his fun while I read the latest updates from Diego and Eduardo. They found a record of a private plane landing in Kiev, so Yulia is definitely out of Colombia. I look. I forward Diego's findings to the hackers, and when Escoguerra is done, I wrap the teenager's body in a plastic sheet and message the cleaning crew to come in. What a complete psychopath. Like, he is just wrapping a dead body thinking, okay, so she's totally over there. So, like, it's time to me to try to figure out how to get to Ukraine. Like, you are wrapping a dead body up. <laughs> Well, we like his psychopathic tendencies. That's one of the reasons we like him. A hundred percent. Oh, I I loved it, but I just like thought like just thinking about like this needs to be a movie. I think Anna Zara's books would make cool movies. Oh um, yeah, right. Because I could see that sequence like on the big screen of I don't know well, who whoever would be playing. I Lucas. think that the entire sequence from Rosa's assault. Kidnapping and assault to to when we get to this point with a chase scene and all of the cars blowing up and oh, exploding. Yeah. And I mean, it was just, it was very cinematic. Very. I love, yeah, absolutely. I think, um, I mean, I, we are a little biased because we love Anna Zayers and we love Zoe Blake, but I think those two authors, like, lend themselves very easily to like adaptability to the tv or a movie or something like that because they're both very visual and you can see the sequences happen when you're reading also since we're talking about rosa did you know how everything kind of came around about when lucas was talking to yula about not being able to kill carol carol himself herself because he let Rosa kill the guy. Yes. Right? How sweet was that? For like, I when I was reading, I was like, he was thinking about Yula this whole time that he's taking care of Rosa. He is thinking about Yula. And in a way, before he actually got to kill Carol, because that was cool as hell. Uh, <laughs> in a way, he is letting Yulia kill her assailant by letting Rosa do it. Yeah. And he's giving her the justice that Yulia never, never got until the end when she did get it. So. <laughs> oh boy, did she get it. Oh yes. Oh my God. So cool. But let's talk about the jealous possessive Luke some more because Lucas lost his damn mind. Took two people. Can we talk about how he took two people, him and two people took down an entire building full of agents? No problem. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how realistic that is, but I loved it. I, well, and what was even better was that Lucas had gone through, you know, was going through the security footage. So he saw Yulia being attacked. Yeah. And he couldn't get to her. Yeah. And I loved that because he had that driving need. And I think that that almost lends itself to the reality of them being able to take everyone down. Mm -hmm. You know, 
moms get that superhuman strength when their child is in danger and can lift cars off of them. Yeah. His woman was in danger and he had to get to her and these people were in his way. So you get rid of the people. Yeah, I totally, I totally agree. But also, um, he kind of almost sabotaged himself because remember he said they set those bombs off before they were optimally positioned to attack because they wanted to distract. He didn't know who it was at that point, but they wanted to distract Kirill uh, from what he was doing. And he figured if I set off these bombs, the guy's going to stop. So he put his own, I guess, success on the line for her. But back to jealous possessive Lucas. Oh my God. How Remember when she was so sick and he took care of her and he, he, he did everything. And then he was giving her a bath mm -hmm. and she's like, why are you doing this? And he says, well, you need a bath. And she says, yeah, but you don't have to be the one to give it to me. One of the guards can. And he's like, you, let's see. Um, if you think I'm letting another man touch you, his voice is pure lethal ice. And despite myself, I shiver as he lays me back on the bed, stuffing two pillows under my back to prop me up to a half sitting position. Leaning in, he growls, you're mine and mine alone. Understand? I nod warily. I'd let myself forget for a moment how dangerous and insanely possessive my captor can be. Yes. Can we talk about my favorite scene, though? Sure. The trackers. The trackers. The trackers. Yes. The trackers. The trackers. I'm sorry. I didn't catch which scene it was again. Um, I believe it was the trackers. <laughs> Because he was planning on putting him on in her before, but right. he had to wait for these special trackers to, I don't know, be made or whatever. And so he flies her back to uh, to Columbia with her brother. And at this point, I love this even more because he's holding her brother as leverage against her. Yes. Because she just woke up and she, he's he was thinking like, remember he asked the doctor, um, to take care of her and then also like prep he said prep the trackers and the, the doctor's like are you sure um like are you know she's kind of gone through a lot and he's like no i want them in because i want them in as soon as possible so i'm never losing her again he's like unless it's going to hinder her um getting better and the doctor was like no it's fine he's like then you're putting them in and he's he bring <laughs> he's like Telling her, is like, oh, these are the trackers. And she says, Lucas, please, you don't need these. Um, I plead as he tows my brothers across the room, ignoring Misha's attempt to drop to the floor and kick out his knees. I won't run. I promise I'll do anything you want. Lucas stops in the doorway and pulls Misha against him in a chokehold. <laughs> his muscled forearm is thicker than Misha's neck. Because remember, Misha is only a teenager. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
I know, he says, his arctic gaze pinning me in place. You will. And right now, I want you to be a good girl and let the doctor give you some local anesthetic to make the insertion easier. And then she says, okay, okay, like, yes, I'll do it. Just let him go. And he says, I will when the implants are in. I know. <laughs> Holy crap. That's it. That's that's all I get. That's all I have to say. The end. <laughs> well, Lucas is... I mean, it... <sighs> Speechless. Yes, me too. <laughs> I get it. Um, one of my favorite scenes, they are... It is after he... They have the conversation that um, Lucas and Julian are going to wipe out the UUR. And she's like, well, what am I supposed to tell Nisha? Because the concern is what to do with him. You know, he wants to go home, but he can't go home because everybody is getting killed. And Lucas has said, you know, I... I've told him to leave his family alone, but I'm not there. So I can't promise it. And he kisses her and she, she's angry. And then reaching up, I clasp Lucas's face with both hands and pull his head down, reclaiming his mouth. He's still palming me between my legs, the hard pressure of his hand, keeping me on the edge. But it's not enough, and I bite his lip again, as desperate for his pain as I am for his release. He shudders in response, and with startling swiftness, spins me around, backing me up against the edge of the table. His arm sweeps out in a violent arc, and my pulse leaps as I hear the bowl shatter and the remnants of our dinner splattering on the floor. I love me a table-clearing scene. I highly live that as well. And my note to myself is, how have I not tried this yet? I haven't either. Because I'm like you, I love me a table clearing scene. But I've never done that. I've got tables and I don't have kids to walk in on me. What the hell's wrong with us? I have tables. I will have to tell Mr. I, I will have to get on Mr. Klein about that. There you go. I do have kids. But yeah, you will certainly have to do that especially since you're getting rid of uh, getting rid of your housemate soon it will be so wonderful you can have the whole house to yourself you could do it on any table you'd like the only problem is <laughs> we have to clean it up afterwards so it's like that scene i don't know are you a friends fan the tv show friends i saw it intermittently okay i'm a pretty big fan of uh, fan and there was a scene where Rachel um, is about to have sex with her like, boyfriend in her office. And, and <laughs> she does the whole table swooping thing. But then, but then she's like, oh, wait, wait, I have to clean this all up. Like, Can you help me? Can you help me? So then it's like, it's funny because it's friends. And it's just like cuts to them just like putting all the stuff back on the table. That's the main problem that I think of because in all these books, for the most part, because uh, Lucas did clean up the mess himself, but for the most part, 
it's these billionaire people who have staff. So they don't care if they make a big mess. They're just somebody to clean it well, up. For I them. have sh- I've shown you the picture of my dining room table. Yeah. Oh, there's a lot of stuff on that table. That's a good that's a good cleaning thing. I think thing. that Mr. Klein would honestly kill me and bury me in the backyard <laughs> if I swept all of his minis into the floor. I'm not saying that he loves his minis more than me, but I'm saying that I can be replaced. <laughs> I can only, the only time Mr. Savage and I have attempted table things was in the very beginning we moved into this house and we had to stop and move because we hadn't we realized we didn't have curtains yet (laughs) (laughs) it was the kitchen and like you could just you could see right into the into the island that's like this is a bad idea i can see where that would be a bad idea yeah and then we we have recent we've gotten blinds ever since but just you know Mrs. Savage doesn't listen, but hey, Mrs. Savage, if you're listening to this podcast, because every now and then you apparently pop in and listen to me say things about you and then yell at me later. Um, can we arrange a, a table, a table situation? Because that would be fun. We can we can do the 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 double trifecta, the, not trifecta, I guess, the, the double extra of where you rip my panties off uh, and then a table thing happens. Oh, can we pencil that? Oh. In? Because I'm down. I, yeah. But make sure you're not wearing your cute new panties. Yeah, those are cute, right? They really are. Everybody look at the panties that we linked. They're so nice. Um, yeah. Uh, the only problem is those are the only ones I have left. <laughs> the rest of them are, I threw out because he ruined them. Or they were maternity, and it was time for them to go. But this was my, that was my favorite sex scene, I think, out of the entire trilogy. Because she really is, she keeps urging him to hurt her. Mm. And before I can so much as draw in a breath, he pulls out and flips me onto my stomach, bending me over the table. Is this what you want? He bites out, driving into me again. Gripping my hair, he forces me, he forces my upper body to arch off the table. For me to fuck you, to use you and make you hurt? Yes. Oh God, yes. His cock is thick and burning and burning hot inside me. A threat and a promise all at once. I didn't know I wanted this, but I do. I want the pain he inflicts to be the only one in my mind. His touch the only one in my memory. It's sick and utterly illogical, but I want Lucas to hurt me so I can forget about Carol. Mm. That was a dummy. That was definitely a hot one. I'm trying to find where my, I made a note of what my favorite one was and I can't, I'm trying to find which one it was. But while we're asking for things that make it interesting, there's also a, remember when he, when after the tracker scene, he goes in there and she tries to bait him into having sex with her because she's like, well, aren't you going to fuck me now? Right. Like, that's why you brought me here. And he said, no, like, I'm not going to do it now. Um, he's like, but we will try something else. And he eats her mm-hmm. out real good. 
but she he says i taste her arousal and i really want to know do people really taste arousal or is that just like i'm pretty sure it's just like a romance novel thing kind of like how you smell arousal you cannot smell or taste arousal well he can taste how wet she is which is an evidence of her arousal i guess that's the only thing i can think of but it's like i'm gonna have to ask mrs savage oh god he's gonna fucking divorce me one of these days um <laughs> i will say that after the table clearing scene we get to the anal scene and i once more for those in the back of the room Spit does not cut it as lube. No. It just doesn't. He didn't. <laughs> Especially if you have a monster cock like romance heroes do. No, but he used a lube. He used lube. Did he? In that scene. Yes. When he tied her up. That that that's the scene you're talking about when he tied her up and then because it was in his bedroom and they had um, the nightstand there. I'm pretty sure he used lube. This was just with his hand. Uh, with his hand, I, I think it's okay to just use spit with your hand. It's just a finger. I'm talking about the real anal. Okay, yeah. they did. This isn't where they had the real anal. No. I think spit is acceptable. Not preferable, but acceptable <laughs> with just a finger. But I got so tickled because the thrusting motions of his cock are reigniting my arousal and the invasive fullness in my ass doesn't seem to take away from that. In some perverse way, it's even adding to the intensity. I may survive this after all. Yulia. Lucas's voice is hoarse as he withdraws almost all the way. I'm going to fuck you hard now. Because he wasn't already? <laughs> That was gentle. I was like, what the fuck, dude? Oh. <laughs> Your face. <laughs> what the fuck was he doing before? That was gentle. That was loving. Okay, let let's let's go back. Okay, just I'm I'm picking a paragraph <laughs> at random. <laughs> it's true he used his finger and I enjoyed it on some level, but he wants to go further today. I can sense his hunger and it terrifies me. I want to push away the bad memories, replace them with a hurt of my choosing, but this is too much, too close to my nightmares. I clench my buttocks trying to keep him out. But the second finger is already pushing into me, making my flesh stretch and burn at the invasion. Wait, not like this. Beyond the burn is a strange, uncomfortable fullness, a feeling of being overstuffed and overtaken. His cock flexes inside me, adding to the sensation. My breathing turns shallow as sweat tickles trickles down my back. Please, Lucas. That's gentle. Panting, I lie with my face against the hard surface of the table and feel his cock throb in my pussy. His fingers are all the way in now, and it is too much. My body wasn't made for this. Everything about this penetration feels wrong and unnatural. 
and then he begins to thrust. Okay, that's not <laughs> what I call gentle. Maybe he's just look. I'm picturing him with a he's jackhammer. Just, like... <laughs> just... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he just doesn't know gentle. There are people who just don't know gentle. Mr. Savage is one of those people. Okay. He just doesn't. I love him to death. But we've had this conversation before. Mr. Klein gives you great massages. Mr. Savage will break my back because he doesn't know gentle. It's his whole damn family. His whole damn family is just like that. Okay. Um, he's got two brothers, and one of his brothers is even worse than him. He like breaks literally everything he touches. He ripped our front door off the hinges once by accident. Holy crap. Yeah. This is who I'm dealing with, okay, people? So it's a reason I'm covered in bruises and everybody looks at me like I'm a beaten woman. I swear he doesn't beat me, but he just I bruise easy and he doesn't know gentle. So um how did we get onto this? What was I trying to say? Yeah, he, Lucas just isn't no gentle. He's just a giant man using his giant man strength at all times. Although he's very caring. He takes care of her very nicely. He also gets some like a weird perversion out of feeding her soup. Remember when that the yes. scene where he was feeding her? Like... Again, I love these kinds of heroes because they are absolutely insane and psycho. But also insanely sweet. He learned to cook for her because he was sad that she he was only feeding her cereal and sandwiches because it wasn't nutritious enough. So he learned to cook. He learned to cook for her. I know. But then couple that with she says something like he gets he was like rock hard while feeding her because he got some weird perverse enjoyment out of her being 100% dependent on him. I also appreciated when she talked about going back to being a spy. <gasps> How hot was, oh my God. Yeah, I that was, that was my favorite sex scene because, sorry, I know you were going to talk about it, but I'm going to just read you this real quick. She, because She's telling him, like, you know, I went to college, like, I'm, I I actually went to college, and before this, I, you know, I, I had a job, like, I did all these things, and he says, I used to be useful, she says, and he said, what, um, you know, you're useful to me, and she says, what if I don't want to be useful just to you? What if I need more than just to warm your bed and take care of your house? You know, I finished university for real, right? I can see Lucas's case darken as I speak, but I can't stop my voice growing stronger with each word. I have a degree in English language and international relations, and I was an excellent interpreter as well as a spy. For six years, I lived in one of the most com uh, most cosmopolitan cities in the world and interacted with the highest ranked officials in the Russian government. I was always... I was always going places, doing things, and now I barely step foot outside your house because I don't want Escaguera to remember that I exist. Um, and <laughs> she notes his muscle ticking in his jaw. I love us a, a ticking jaw muscle. And then he says, is that right? He says, his voice deadly quiet. 
you miss being a spy. And she's she immediately knows that she's made a mistake because she says, no, 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 of course, like you're misinterpreting. Yeah, he says, you miss fucking men on assignment. <laughs> he moves closer, backing me up against the kitchen counter. My pulse spikes. No, that's not what I, he grips my throat, tightening just enough to let me feel the steely strength of those fingers. Leaning in, he whispers in my ear. Or is that not, or is it that I'm not enough for you? Do you need more variety? And then she, he says, this is, I think this is why I, what I sent you Yeah, in a text message. You're mine, he growls, raising his head to pin me with an arctic stare. I don't give a fuck what kind of life you led before. I caught you, tagged you, and you're fucking mine. No man will ever touch you again. And if I want to keep you in a fucking cage for the rest of your life, I will. Understand. I know I highlighted that too. That was what I was going to read to you. Why the fuck is that hot? Like, what is wrong with us? A lot. Okay, let's not answer that question. We don't have that kind of time. <laughs> but no. there's nothing wrong with us for, for liking this in books. We tell people that all the time. Yes, that's true. So we need to be less hard. What's wrong with us has nothing to do with what we like in books. It's true. One does not equate to the other. Um, but yeah, it was fucking hot. That was hot. But it. We could probably talk about this book for another three hours. But Jesus it, Christ. But that part destroys her because yeah. she's in love with him. And with him saying that, she says, I, I built, once again, I built castles in the sand. Um, and my longing for my captor's love, I again built castles in the sand. I understand I managed to whisper through numb lips. I'm sorry. Lucas releases me and steps back, his face still taut with anger, and I turn away, blind re blindly reaching for some dishes to wash. Our honeymoon, such as it was, is over. Because all yeah. he did there was just reiterate that she is a fuck toy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he, that he didn't care, doesn't care what she wants. She's there for him and him alone. And that's heartbreaking. Yeah. But then he lets her run a restaurant out of his house. Yes. So this book made me so hungry. <laughs> I love food descriptions in books. I don't know what it is about that but like I've, I've always enjoyed reading books where there's cooking in it so this book was perfection to me um and and this is where we we kind of see her starting to a little bit um come around and see that she is not just a sex toy to him because remember she starts running this restaurant out of his house and he tells her that um, he's putting this money in a bank for her. And well, no, at first she said, he says, uh, she feels bad that, cause you know, she's cooking all this food and using his money for, to buy it. And, and he says something like, don't worry, we have plenty of money. And she's like, we, like, we have plenty of money. Um, 
And like he, he says it like kind of like offhand. And then he puts and then he tells her to run a restaurant and she does. And then he opens a bank account for her. And like he says that she she this is where she starts getting even more confused because she's like, are you going to let me go? Because you're like putting all this money into an account. And he's like, prisoners don't get to play the stock market. Yeah. <laughs> But then, of course, she said he's he freaks out as soon as she asks, because she says, "I can play the stock market, right?" Because everybody knows captives have access to top-notch portfolio managers. My mind races as I try to look work through the implications of this. Lucas, are you going to set me free? He stops and turns to face me. His casual demeanor gone without a trace. What do you mean by that? His pale eyes glint dangerously. Are you saying you want to leave? No, but. Would you let me if I did? Never, he says. Never. What if I, but what if you get tired of me? That's not going to happen. You can, you can't say that for sure. Yeah. Um, where is that part where he says like, um, I don't know. He says something like, um, you can run a thousand restaurants. You can do whatever you want as long as you're with me. Like, I don't care what you're doing, but you're going to do it with me. Yeah. And then they go to Ukraine <laughs> because after um, her little restaurant becomes a little too popular on the compound, and we like we said earlier in the episode, Escagar and him start butting heads because Escagar doesn't want to let her off scotch-free, but he has to because Lucas is cashed in this favor that he owes him. But he also understands like he can't stay there. So that's when they go. And we have a little bit of a conflict between Lucas and Julian. They work it out. They're now business partners, 50, yep. 50. Um, and they're leaving. And so they're going to go drop off Misha in Ukraine and then fuck off to Cyprus to their house with only five bedrooms. <laughs> I love how that point was made. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she even made it. She's like, this is ridiculous. Only five bedrooms. Um, but I'm going to go back before that. Okay. I'm only going to say it once, and I want you to listen. He says quietly, lowering his hand. I deposited some money into your account, about $2 million to start, Later, I'll add more, but that should be enough to get you settled in the beginning. Of course, if you ever need anything, you and Michael can always come to me. What? I reel back, certain I misheard. What are you talking about? Let me finish. His jaw is rigid. I will also provide you with a set of bodyguards, he continues, his voice growing more strained with each word. Their job will be to protect you. But I expect you to be smart and not do anything to endanger yourself. If you have to fly somewhere, I'll send someone to take you. And I'll personally oversee the security perimeter around your new house. I wanted to strangle him. Yeah. We have already ascertained through various assorted episodes 
that I, I don't want my guys to give her a choice. That is not what I signed up for when I no, wrote I don't this book. Want, I don't want him to set her free. Yeah, I was really surprised. I was really surprised because he was so mine and you will never leave me. He put trackers in her for fuck's sake. And now he's just letting her go because she almost got blown up. She almost got blown up, not because of him. She almost got blown up because she was a spy before yeah. him. Like, this has nothing to do with him. Also, my my little note there, because, um, you know, they show up at the, uh, at the parents' house and Kirill is there and he's got a bomb and whatever. So, again, really cool se sequence where um, a whole bunch of shit one goes down and then, you know, they end up, he ends up killing Kirill. But the whole time he's remember he has a whole apparently he's holding down the th severed thumb of Kirill on on this detonator so that it doesn't go off and my note there was this is why i can't be a spy i forgot about the bomb 100 during this whole thing oh i didn't like during, <laughs> during the whole scuffle i was like oh shit see like i i forgot about the bomb but um yeah, I didn't understand that. I, I see how people want, I understand people want this a lot of times where they want the hero to give her the ultimate choice because they like consent. Um, but you and I agree that we don't want that. And again, if she had just been a regular civilian, I could have maybe understood that a little bit. But again, she was in that predicament, not because of Lucas. It had nothing to do with Lucas. It had everything to do with her past life as a spy. But it's fine because she doesn't leave him. And at that point, he does say to her, this is your one last chance. Like, if you stay with me, you stay with me. Like, this is your one chance to get away. I did kind of melt. Um, you're my reason for existing now. His eyes glitter fiercely. You're my everything. I want you in my bed but I want you in my life even more. It's been that way from the very beginning. Even when I hated you, I loved you. Yeah. Yeah. And I just melted. Beautiful. Yeah, so nice. He's so sweet. He's such a psycho, but he's a sweet psycho. <laughs> also, when they flew to the um, Swedish hospital, like these people are keeping that Swedish hospital in business single-handedly. Just him and Peter and Julian. Just those three. Keeping that business going for the Swedish hospital oh, yeah. people. Now let's talk about the epilogue. What'd you think about the epilogue with the baby? Because I made you like babies now. I'm books. not sure I would get that far. Um, but you're talking about the epilogue with Julian and Nora. Yeah, Nora. Now, mm -hmm. listeners, if you are reading these books, if you purchase these books individually, you're not going to know what we're talking about. Because this was a bonus epilogue um, that was put together for the omnibus. Um, yeah. And... It is essentially Nora getting Nora giving birth. Yeah. And it is hysterical. 
so funny. Holy crap. Um, the baby is early and it is, Julian isn't taking Nora's pain very well. No. They apparently, um, which I, I get why they needed to do this for book purposes, but I have given birth twice with an epidural. Highly recommend everybody. Um, they do not need to taper off the ep- epidural for when you're pushing. I didn't think so. That is, that is bullshit. <laughs> you can po- totally give birth with an epidural and it's great. Um, and uh, I highly recommend it if you are going to give birth. But, but for the purposes of the book, I got it tickled me because Julian says that's why they've tapered off the epidural. Lucas nods. Right. I've been reading up on it. Oh, the bizarre statement and momentary absence of screams from Nora awakens a twinge of curiosity. Are you and Yulia? Uh, no, not yet. But Yulia's been talking about it ever since the wedding. He excels audibly. I was thinking it wouldn't be so bad. But now that I've seen this. <laughs> best birth control yeah. ever. Put them in a room with somebody giving birth. I'm telling you, it worked for me as a child. I mean, Mr. Savage was great during my birthing experiences. Um, you see all those funny videos of the men like fainting you know he was i don't know what the hell is wrong with him uh i guess he just doesn't is not phased by that stuff but i told him to stay by my head the whole time i did not want him seeing my nether bits with a baby and uh he did not care i'm also short so and you're all scrunched up he he was actively like awed by the whole situation which is I understand because now thinking back on it, like you are seeing a human being come out of another human being. That is bananas. <laughs> um, Mr. Savage also took a nap during my act of labor. Both times. I have pictures of it and we will leave it at that. But Julian stays true to character. Because he yells mm-hmm. at everybody because Nora's in pain. They get yeah. through the birth. They name the child. They name her after Beth, which I thought was really a yes. nice throwback. I loved it. And um, he thanks Lucas for coming because Lucas came down as, as extra security. And... He says, I picture Lizzie in danger and my insides turn to dry ice. I'm going to get the trackers on her as soon as the doctors allow it and hire an extra dozen bodyguards to watch her at all times. If she so much as pricks her little finger, her security team will answer to me. Yeah. And we're going to go back to something we talked about last episode. This baby plays a big part in the next books. In Peter's story? Yeah. Oh. So Anna Zares thought of everything. There's a reason she put this epilogue in this book. Not just for our amusement either. So 
Well, I knew that Nora Just was pregnant because she wait. was pregnant when she graduated at the end of Twisted. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 But that whole thing of where he's like, she, she, nothing will ever happen to this baby. I will put trackers in this baby. Like, if any anybody tries to hurt this baby, they will die a thousand deaths. That is crucial to the story of the next three books with Peter. I am hating you right now. Because as we remember, as we remember, Peter is in trouble with Julian because he let Nora, Nora get kidnapped on purpose to save Julian. Yeah. Peter put Peter put Nora in active danger on purpose. But these the end. Okay, I'm not going to say anything else because we're going to have to read the next three books. Um, and when we do read those next three books, we're going to see what the fuuck's up. It's the, like I said, Anna thought of everything. All these things are connected. The whole fucking series is great. I am going to tell you right now that I dislike you immensely. Because <laughs> I'm not going to read those books until we have them. We are ready to do them for the podcast. But yes. I want to read them now. I wanted to read them before, but I now know, but... I think I need to. Well, we're going to. We're yes, going to we get, get there. But why don't you tell us what we're reading next week, Tori? Well, Nat, that's a really good question. And I'm glad you asked because I have no idea what we're reading next. Um, however, yes. you guys can check the show notes because by the time this episode is posted, we will have figured it out. Yeah, we have a couple of crazy personal things happening um so we might need to take a little break we're not going anywhere but we might need to take a teensy wincy break to get our life together um so check show notes and we'll figure that out later on what um do you have a palate cleanser for us why don't you read a review first and then i will have a palate cleanser okay. for you <laughs> Well, thank you so much um, for reviewing everybody and please continue to rate and review us wherever you are listening. Um, we really appreciate those five-star reviews because they put us in front of other listeners. And this is a fun one that says, so much fun. Love this podcast. I have so much fun listening and laughing along. Keep it up, ladies. I'm loving the deep dives on all the books. Oh, thank you so much for that review. We appreciate it. And like we said, please continue rating and reviewing. We really, 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 really appreciate it. And um, please continue to reach out to us. You can always reach us at Trigger Warning Romance. Um, there is a contact form on our webpage, TriggerWarningRomance.com. Yeah. That goes directly to us. So that is also a very easy way to catch us. Yep. Um, and also you can reach us at um, TikTok at Trigger Warning Romance, Instagram at Trigger Warning Romance. Please join the Trigger Warning Romance listener support group on Facebook. And if you are so inclined, please join our us on Patreon. We have three different tiers. Um, and I think we actually figured out what we're doing with all the tiers, aren't we? Have. Haven't we? I haven't updated the site yet. Um, so this is all new and different. But the first tier is our Trigger Tribe. It is three dollars a month 
And with that, you will get a shout out on air from Nat and I and access to our incredible, entertaining, exclusive Discord channel. Yes. Our second tier is our romantic deviant. No, romantic dissident. Dissident. And that will give you all of the perks earlier, plus a bonus episode every month. And that is a $5 a month commitment. Mm -hmm. And then we have our sinful deviant, which is $10 a month. And you get everything that we've talked about before, including the bonus episode. And you get to help us choose an episode. Yeah. We will give you three options and you can choose. You choose out of those three, which one we do. Yep. So please join the Patreon if you are so inclined. Of course, we're not expecting anybody to, but uh, we have a lot of fun with people on Discord and we appreciate you for supporting us. It helps us get better equipment and pay for the website and all the all the other expenses that come with running a podcast that we did not realize um, we had when we started the podcast. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so because guess what? This is a this is just for fun, and this is not our jobs. So, um, again, thank you for listening. Do you have a palate cleanser for us, Tori, or would you like me to say one? <laughs> Um, I am going to go with the series that I am currently reading. It is mm. M. Sinclair's Reborn series. It is a phoenix shifter who is mated to six dragon shifters and Ooh. a surprise wolf. I read the first two books and the rest of the series wasn't out um, and it has since been finished. So I, I'm going back for my reread and I am loving every minute of it. Ooh, exciting. I also have the palate cleanser that I was able to register for classes today. So I now have an actual college schedule. Woohoo! Look at our college co-ed. She's so fun. I, well, I have been fighting and fighting and fighting with everything, trying to get everything ready for classes to start on the 30th. And it's like they have been throwing roadblocks every time I turn. So it's nice to actually mm. have things moving in the right direction for a change. Fun. Congratulations. I'm really excited for you. Uh, I don't have a palate cleanser because I haven't done anything fun. Um... I already told you about my underwear. Do I have anything else that I'd like to share? I'm sorry, guys. I don't have a palate cleanser for you guys. I'm I'm still reading. Okay, so my I I gave you the palate cleanser last week of um that arc by uh, Liliana Carlisle that I'm reading, um, Possession, mm -hmm. and I was only like a few pages in, but I am now more than halfway through and I could tell you that if you like dark omega verse you're gonna love that book um so read that I also my other little palette cleanser is 
I'm I've gotten the arc to playing with ghosts by Lulu Fox, and I'm really excited to read that. Oh, has that dropped already? That's new, but I I haven't looked at my Kindle yeah. library. It's um it's an arc, so you gotta download it through. Book oh, okay, I haven't downloaded it yet. I I haven't checked Facebook today, um because I'm scheduled for that. Yeah, no, it's um it's on my Kindle. It is a waiting to be read. I am excited about it. I have not read it yet. So I cannot tell you whether it's good or not. It's probably amazing. But um, those are my two semi-old palate cleansers. But I've been I busy. also have an arc that I'm really excited about. Um, it is Backfire, which is the first book in the Brothers of Shadow and Death series by T.L. Hodel. Um, Ooh. and I can't wait to dive into that one. I don't Very know when exciting. that comes out. I do have a question for you. They're thinking of palate cleansers and books. Did you ever finish Filthy? No, I haven't. I like it. Uh, but then I had to read things for the podcast. So no, I haven't finished. I understand, it. but I'm enjoying it. I am enjoying it. I'm about, uh, probably like 40% in, cool. but then I got an arc and I started reading that and you know, uh, yeah. So I'll finish it eventually. I've, I've got like five books right now that I'm, yeah, mm -hmm. so I understand. But anyway. Yeah, no, I'm liking it. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for listening. Um, we have had a great time today, and I hope that you have too. And we look forward to talking to you next week. Yes, we hope that you enjoyed the Capture Me trilogy by Anna Sayers. And we will see you next week. Have a great week, everybody. Take care. Bye.